Welcome to Monday Sportif. Follow us on Twitter at at Monday Sportif LDN. Hello and welcome back to Monday Sportif. Episode 9. It's episode 9. It's been a while, hasn't it? It's been a while. We've got a good episode ahead of us. Let's see what's happening. Let's get the burgers in. Sizzle. Right. Hello. Episode 9. Today, we've got coming up on the show, we're recapping on a couple of quality Premier League games, which I'm very excited about. Absolute cracking games of football. Crackerjackers. Then we've got our new subject, new topic, hot takes, where me and Alex are going to discuss what we think is our hot take of the moment, whether that be in sport, football, anything like that. Then we're going to have our From the Terraces special, because we, it was Hampton and Richmond, Borough FC versus Braintree Town. Indeed it was. And again, that was um, last night. It was a very cold night, but it was a cracking game. We've got lots to tell you about that. And another burger challenge. Yes, I'm calling it the Redemption Burger. And um, also, um, this episode, on episode nine of Monday Sportif, we also have a cracking interview with none other than Forward Madison, a yep. US soccer team. Yeah, we can say soccer because it's their team. But yep. yeah, US soccer team, crazy kits, and they're in the third league and they're doing some, they're making some moves. Yeah, and we had we had a great chat with Evan Warwick, who is their media manager, and um, we'll we'll come on to that later on, won't we, Rick? We will, and it's a quality, it's our best interview. Yeah, it's, it was very good. Um, right, so let's start with the games. I want to talk about uh, West Ham versus Leeds. Now, this happened the other day. It was uh, West Ham two, Leeds three. Now, this this was. Lee, it was this was a classic Leeds game, but in the best way possible because they've been having a bit of a hiccup recently. Um, but yeah, Harrison scored three goals. Hattrick Harrison. I mean, yeah, it, it was a great advert for Premiership football. Um, loads of goals. West Ham, we know this season are absolutely flying. They're doing yeah. really well. Um, Leeds United have had a. They've really struggled this season. Um, there's lots of people talking about um, Belsa's tactics in regards to him with the you know with the high push and the high intensity yeah, game he burns out he burns players out but they appear from this reckoning to be you know st- sort of still able to produce these sorts of results yeah well it, it's, it's nice that Harrison got on the score sheet thrice the goals are really really good finishes and and Rafinha He's gonna have. To, he's gonna. Ha- he deserves to be in a top four club because he, he, he is, is fire. He he is. A, he's he's an absolutely fantastic. He's uh, twenty five uh, Brazilian. I don't know how many caps he's got for Brazil, but he's gonna have to get some because he he plays so well. He, he's hit the post with a with a stunning three kick. Free kick. He's he he a class. He's a class player. What what I'll say to you as well is what you 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 touched on there. Harrison's finishes. All three of them were were, were great finishes. You had the first one, which was a sweeping left foot. Mm. Um, Finishing into the right-hand corner of the net, the the second one, which which is I always find um, with these types of goals, is you can't teach it. You just got to be in the right place at the right time. Natural. A bit like a bit like Frank Lampard when he used to arrive in the box. Yeah, he, timing. He, I mean, it, I don't know what it came off. It might have come off his body, but he literally he was on the line. Yeah. it hit him and it went in. It and, wasn't a sexy goal, but it was it was a goal, and they're the goals that. That Leeds are desperate for because they just need results. That's it. And, and I mean, if you're talking about sexy goals, the third goal was a great goal. Is it? I, can I say something? Go on. The third goal 
was from the confidence from the first two goals because he was so it was such a nice little touch. It was a it lovely was subtle, touch. and it was it was a it was a finisher's touch. Yeah, and uh, he deserved that hat trick. And I, I looked at Harrison. He he's come through. I think it was the Man Man City. Yeah. Um, Youth youth team and yeah. he, I think he's been out on loan a few times and gone back to Leeds. Yeah, but... he went to America and he and he played with Frank Lampard. Oh, did and he really? He, yeah, oh, okay. and then he went to Leeds on loan and then they solidified it. I think last season um, to the, the move to Leeds. Oh, they signed him permanently. I believe yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I mean, uh, fantastic for Harrison to get his his first um, hat trick in senior football. Um, there was another goal from a man who's in flying form at the moment, and that is Bowen. Can't stop him. No, he, he. I mean, what, what, what do you reckon? Do you reckon Bowen should get an international call up? I think it has to be done. I mean, I don't want the England team to be just the normal. Oh, we know the eleven, therefore they're in, kind of thing. I, they need to be challenging for places. And if he doesn't deserve a place now, when will he? Because he's in top form. And I mean, he was unlucky at the end. If you remember, I don't know if you remember, but at the end, ball came in, and he, instead of heading it, he kind of just tried to chest it in, and it just it just flopped. Yeah, and and I mean, and also the the goal he scored was. Was a header, and yeah. if, if you look at Bowen, he he's not, you know, he hasn't got the stature of of Antonio or other you know centre backs, and it it was a good header. It was a good header, but he's yeah. I mean, I think I mean it's easy for us to say, oh, you know, look at this. He should have headed it in last minute. But if a ball's flying at you x amount miles an hour, and, yeah. and there's bodies everywhere, you see it last minute. It's just gonna it's just gonna slap you, isn't it? So now I, um, I know you've got a lot to to talk about. I just want to mention um, one player who I singled out at the moment for West Ham. Yeah, is uh, Pablo Fornells, oh, who, yeah. who I I think is having a great season for West yeah. Ham. Um, he's 25 years old and Spanish. Um, he's um, He's been on the score sheet five times this season uh, with two assists. I think Fornals is having a great season. Yeah, well, they're, they're, they've just got such a good team at the moment. I mean, everything's strong. They've got Rice and Fornals play close together. Yeah. And Rice is obviously the holding player and everyone's loving him at the moment. And he sort of allows Fornals to move. And he, move he, he allows yeah. him to, to do his business. And then, you know... Where would you improve that team at the moment? They're really and Fabianski's is, he's solid in goal. He always has been. Yeah. And although he's a, I think he's like thirty six now. It's like the way that you know the modern game is. You can you can push a bit further. And if Ronaldo's the, how old is Ronaldo? He's like I don't know. He's getting on now, isn't he? He's thirty six now. Yeah. And he? he's yeah. running around. And you got goal goalkeepers could stay even longer than that, surely. Yeah. So um, it, it was it was a again cracking game three two to Leeds. Um, I want them to stay up. I want them to stay up. I think I, they will. I think Leeds will. I, I, I think Leeds will stay up. Um, how about West Ham for Europe? Uh, could happen. I think the way the top six are playing, I mean, you've got City who've just already won, Liverpool who are second, Chelsea lucky to be third, and then after that it's just a bit of a mishmash. So yeah. I think I think West Ham go for it and shake it up a little bit, get the money, and see. it'd be interesting to see what they do with the money as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah but point. that was that game. Now I want to talk about my second game of the choice. Aston Villa versus Man United. Aston Villa 2, United 2. Now, I watched this game again, and it was one of those games where, I mean, obviously I'm not the biggest fan of United. I kind of find it funny when they don't do, don't do too well because they're all about their history, but yet they haven't won anything recently. I've, I think it's... It, I don't know what's happening at Manchester United. They've had a very... It, it's a strange situation. They've spent a hell of a lot of money. Yep. But I, I think their squad... Is is the highest valued in the Premier League, i.e. in terms of spend. Yeah. Um, you know they've got a very very talented squad. Um, it's just it, it's hard to see what 
what is going so wrong? I think they just need to be galvanised, is the word I'm going to use. Yeah. I don't know, it's just it's all over the place. They're just flopping all over the I place. Mean, but... well, one thing to say is uh, Tellez, who I like, the left-back, yeah. um, the Brazilian left-back, he's back in the squad. Um, he's playing regularly. He's black, sorry, he's back in the Brazilian squad. Um, and it looked like he had a good game against Aston Villa as well. And I, yeah. I, I really rate Tellez. I think he's a fantastic well, player. It was a weird game because Aston Villa made a rod for their own back because both goals that United scored, bearing in mind that Fernandez's second goal was a quality finish because he's a quality player, but it was a back pass for Fernandez's second goal, and for the first goal, it was a free kick, which which the keeper should be saving, but he had a bit of a moment. It, it was a strange one. I mean, there's no doubting that Martinez is probably, I don't know if you're, you, you agree with it, one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League. Oh, he's, he's definitely like top, I mean, top three. He, he really is a fantastic goalkeeper. You look at the Arsenal situation and you know, they forked out £30 million for Ramsdale when they had Mar- Martinez in, in their squad. Yeah, yeah he's, he's top. He, he deserves to be in the top, so top four team. So, for me, I'm looking at that shot that Fernandez had on the edge of the box. A player came across Martinez it's a one-off, isn't it? It, does, it happens yeah. to goalkeepers. It happens to I'm, the best goalkeepers. I'm sure Villa fans will forgive him because the amount of saves he makes, it yeah. justifies the odd mistake. But it was a shame because the comeback from Villa was really good. You know, I think it was Ramsey who scored a goal. Um, I think he's from their youth system or whatever. It's nice oh, to yeah. have that. Ra- um, yeah, Ramsey, is, is, he yeah. looks like the real Yeah, dude. and that's good. And, it, and I think Villa's the perfect place for him because there's little spaces where you can fill them up when Ings is, is not fit or anything like that and Watkins is now on the wing. You've got little places, little pockets that can be filled by these big people who are given a chance. I mean, Ramsey's finish for me was quite similar to Harrison's. It was like a, yeah. a, a left-footed sweeping shot into the corner mm. set up by Coutinho, yeah. which we'll come on to in a minute. Yeah, that's the but, thing. But um, no, Touching on Ramsey, he really does look like a fantastic football player. It looks like Gerard's got a real gem on his hands. Here. Yeah. Now speaking of gems, go on, Coutinho. Coutinho. So he comes on. Yeah. He comes on the pitch. Number twenty-three. I yeah. like that number. It looks very, uh, very sexy. It, I like it. It was almost like the scene was set. It's like a film, isn't it? Yeah. He comes back. He's returned to the Premier League. Yeah. He comes back, and he's in immediate impact. He, he, he's uh, he helps out with the first goal. And then, uh, would you want to describe the second? I will because um, we um, we've actually published an article on MondaySportTeeth.sport.blog where we put articles, blogs, and of course the podcast on. Yeah. Um, we, we did a little um, we did a, we had a little look at Cortinho and especially the goals he scored in this game. And uh, yeah, I mean the, the the first the first goal which he set up Ramsey was for me personally. I know we can, we can sometimes look at things in, in intricate detail but he's just one of those players who knows how to play balls in the box when he gets when he gets time and space in the box he knows where to play the ball it was a little sideward pass to, to uh, Ramsey and he, and he struck the ball in but for Coutinho's goal again it was Ramsey who became provider yeah he um, it was a left foot ball across the six yard box now yes it was a tap in it was the right ha- place right time. however if you look at it closely um and, and I wrote this in the article, he, he had to adjust his body weight mm. um, to, to get in the right position for that ball. And it was a lovely dinked chip into was, the roof of the net. It was, yeah. it, was a, it was a good finish. It was one of those ones, you know, we know how good De Gea is. Yes. De Gea is a great goalkeeper. De Gea had sprayed himself ready to block the shot. And we've seen goalkeepers make saves from those sort of close range shots. But 
it was the precision and the little dink into the roof of the net. It's just right it's a place, great finish. Right place, right time, right finish. Yeah. So that's all of that. Yeah. So those are the two games. Now I think it's time, Alex, because yep. this leads on nicely yes. to your hot take. Hot takes. Hot takes. So here we are, hot takes. It's um, it's a new part of the Monday Sportive podcast where we're going to divide up two topics that me and Rick are going to pick each week and hopefully you'll find quite interesting. Um, obviously, leading on from Coutinho's wonderful goal, uh, we are going to just highlight on hot takes Coutinho's transfer mm. from Barcelona to Aston Villa. Who would have thought that? Who would have thought that? I mean... For me personally, it's the Gerard. It's the Paul of Gerard. Yeah. Um. He he did it in in Glasgow when he was manager of Rangers. Uh, you had a lot of young players, uh, Liverpool academy players, who were happy to go and play for Gerard. Yeah, and also happy to play in the Scottish League. Happy to play in the Scottish League as well, and you can see what he did there. I mean, it was unreal. The achievement that Gerard did in in winning that Scottish League is just unmeasurable. It was. Quite unreal, really. Celtic have had the stronghold in, yeah. in the Scottish League for a very long time. And for him to get the coup, I'll call it a coup, of, coup. of Coutinho yeah. um, to come to Aston Villa, it's just, I think it's a huge transfer uh, and, and it's why we're, we're sticking on it. My question to you is, and it's, it's a question of contention here, is are Barcelona loaning Coutinho to get him up to speed, to bring him back in, for a title challenge in the Liga, or do we reckon this could become permanent? Well, I would say the latter is yeah. permanent. They're getting they're getting rid of him because they've given an option to buy thirty mil. It's a, it's a loan to this this currently as it stands. He's on loan for the season, yeah. And at the end of the season, Villa have a, a thirty million pound offer or an option to buy for thirty million. But what I'm the, the reason why I'm, I'm raising this is. They spent 130 million. I think it's 130 million pounds or yeah. or, or euros on um, or, or that, not that that makes much much difference, but yeah. on Coutinho, it's a massive investment. They yeah. haven't seen a return for it because Coutinho, he's shown glimpses of of his form for Liverpool, which is he, his best form for Liverpool was in the sort of 2015 sort of era. Um, he's shown glimpses of it with. With Barcelona and uh, Bayern Munich, because he went on loan to Bayern Munich. Yeah, he did. Yeah, but yeah. he has never really captured, recaptured that form of what he had in the Premier League. Are Barcelona really going to let this prized asset go? I think. I think they have to. I think they have. I think they've. They're just bitten the bullet. They've made a mistake yet again, spending too much money. On, don't get me wrong, a class player. However, it hasn't worked out for them. I mean, the you know the the sheet is getting longer and longer of players yeah. who've got so much potential, who 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 are at their peak, who are at their peak. Yeah. And yet, when they go there, it just doesn't seem to work out for them. I think I think there's going to be more stuff behind the scenes. The contract's going to be complicated and dense, and it's going to be like they get they will be making some money back, but nowhere near the amount they spent. I think it, it goes back to I think you've got. To, Reel it back a couple, a few, a few years, about two or three years. Um, you look at Barcelona when Pep left. It's been a rocky road. It's been a roller coaster for Barcelona since Pep Guardiola left. There's been comings and going of managers. Coutinho's arrived at that sort of time when mm. there's been a change there. And I quote, ready bracket quote. bracket quote Stephen, Ger- quote Stephen Gerrard here mm. in the press conference of the transfer. 
he needs to be in a place he feels loved. Yeah. Or he needs to be in a place, yeah, he feels but loved. But you could see. So I think he's gone to Barcelona, it's been chop and change, and I think he's in the right place at the right time at the moment You with Gerard. I saw the interview after the Villa game, yeah. and he was so happy to be back in the Premier League. And that's what he said. He said, I'm so happy to be back in the Premier League. He, he's feeling the love. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of Hazard being at Real Madrid. Because I saw a photo that Real Madrid won some sort of medal for something. And um, Hazard looked, they were all taking their photo, everyone's smiling. And he yeah. just looks like the kid that's been left out of class. Or something like that. Is that a saying? I don't know. Some, yeah, I know what you mean. Like isolated yeah, and sort of yeah, on his own. away from the group. And I think that's a similar thing with Coutinho. Yeah. I reckon Hazard will come back in the, in the season. Now, what I'll say is, um, yeah, so it's an area of contention there about Coutinho. We might do a poll or two. Yeah, yeah. Um, based on these discussions. Um, it leads on nicely. Now, there, there was an article that wrote um, that I read where it said, Potentially, we don't know whether this is true, um, but Rafa Benitez was offered the transfer of Coutinho from Barcelona and he said no. Mm. Now, Ricky, that leads on to Ricky's hot take. Oh, that's a hot that, take. That, did, you, did you like how I sort of like... Yeah, you yeah, kind of did the little in. angle. Uh, what's your hot take, Ricky? So, if you didn't know, listeners, my hot take is Benitez. Rafa now, Benitez. Rafa, yes. Rafa, the old gaffer, he's gone. Seven months, seven months in charge of uh, of Everton, and to, he's in three year contract deal. Nada, he's gone. Yeah, see you later, mate. Do you, do you, want, do you want my my quick take on that is what bizarre appointment. Yeah, number one, bizarre appointment. What? Why are Everton employing an ex Liverpool manager? I know that shouldn't come in come into this, and it shouldn't come into the psyche, but. It sort of does. So, bizarre appointment, which I think most Everton fans were against. Yeah, I think I think at the beginning of the season, he was doing all right. The players were doing okay, okay but then they had the injuries. They had uh, Dominic Calvin-Lewin, who's only just come back, Richarlison, and then uh, Yeri Amina. So, that's your two forwards are gone, and your and your, your structure for your centre-back, your I, I, line I'm is just completely at, gone. Yeah, Yeri Amina is just a rock. For yeah. Everton. He's such a good player. I'm 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 a massive fan of him and Decore. Yeah. Decore. Oh, Decore I, I, I think yeah. Decore's out as well. And uh, he might be coming he might, back. Yeah, I think he's I think he might be back. Decore now. is just such an amazing football player. And having them two missing, as well as your talisman, which from last season, which is uh, Calvert Lewin. Yeah. It's a big blow for Benitez. But going back to my original point is, you know, the appointment of Rafa Benitez, was that right? I don't know. Well he's, it seems like now it wasn't. Yeah. But at the beginning, he was doing, he was, he was getting the job done at the beginning. Yeah. But the thing is, he's only won. Everton have only won one of thirteen Premier League games. And my question to you: Go on. What was the team that they won against last? I know it was Arsenal. What was the score? Two one. Oh, all right, then well done. Oh, you know. I thought you'd need another second. Well, actually, yeah, it's because of uh, because of, we're we're, um, we're firm users of the app FopMob. Oh we, yeah, the FopMob app. Yeah. 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 So um, what? Yeah, it was two one, and I, I think uh, Arsenal fans are sort of in a, a bit of disbelief with their team that they actually lost to Everton. Well, that's what that's when Arsenal were having a bit of a hiccup, and we were saying all the oh, all, yeah. all the business, yeah. and you know, but that's that's for another day. But yeah, do you think do you think he's a good manager, Rafa? Yes, I do. I think Rafa Benitez is a very good manager. There's no doubt in that. Um, in recent years, we've seen him um, lose a little bit of that edge. I don't know why that is. I'm not an expert on, on how football managers works. What I'll say is, though, and, and my final point on this is that um, it, bizarre appointment. I think it goes back. It's not the players. It's not the squad. Everton clearly got a very, very sort of talented bunch of players. Yeah. 
it goes back to the ownership. And I'm sure if any Everton supporters are listening to this, the ownership of that, you know, the, the guy who owns uh, Everton has got a hell of a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but he seems to me to be taking too much of an involvement in appointment of managers mm. and the, the sort of football, the running of the, you know, the football mechanisms. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think he was heavily involved in the Rafa Benitez appointment. I think he probably needs to take a step back. They need to get a director of football. Yep, to make it more um, organised, more structured. Yeah, and, and, and push push the club forward because they've got everything in place. Yeah, well, the thing is, there's, there were tensions in the club when, obviously, Rafa, the whole Liverpool thing. But do you remember in December when they had that walkout or they, they were trying yeah. to stage that walkout? Yeah, There's a bit of a fail because I remember, I don't know if I was watching it with you, but I was watching it and it was like the 27th minute because it's been 27 years since they won something, blah, blah, blah. And... Not many people walked out, and everyone was not sure. But the tensions that are there, I mean, I think I think what we've got to understand is, is Everton Football Club is not only heavily supported, but they are they religiously support their club. It's like a religion in in Merseyside. Yeah, yeah. You know, as everyone knows, when you know when you're born in a town like Liverpool, you're either blue or you're red, and it's fanatic support. Yeah, they're huge. They the potential, and and I think that's the frustration for the Everton fans is. The, the the structure, the stadium, the fan base, the squad is all there and, and it's all at their fingertips and they go and appoint Rafa Benitez who, yes, on paper you look at it and you think, fantastic football manager, but was he right initially for, for Everton? I mean... Yeah, well, the thing is, what I find kind of funny and I feel sorry for the Everton fans is, going kind of back to Villa a bit, is the fact that obviously... Um, Benitez had a fallout with Lucas Dine, Dine or however you say his name. Oh, yeah, Dine, 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 yeah, yeah, Dine. yeah. And he had a fallout with him, so he wasn't playing him. And Dine was, is the best left-back that they've got. So they, they sold him to Villa for 25 mil because he wasn't getting along with Rafa. And then days later... Yeah. After, and and he, he had a cracking first game against um, whoever it was uh, of the United. He had a cracking game um, for Villa. I, I, do you know what? For me, it's it smacks of like... A, a, it's like a Shakespearean tragedy because you've got... You've got this guy at the helm of, of Everton who not only turns down the Cortinio yeah. signing, who, you know, what, you know, we all know that, and, you know, in fact, Rafa Benitez once claimed that he was the, um, Cortinio was the shining light or the future of Inter Milan when yeah. he was manager of it. So he knows how good Cortinio is. And not only does he turn down that transfer, but he also sells. Dingye, 25 who, million. Who everyone knows is, is one of the most, you know, he's one of the best fullbacks. He, he, in, in... He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's an attacking fullback. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's banging. Off 25 mil, I'd say he's worth at least 40. Well, but they got rid of him because of the issue. And that's a stinger. That is, that's like when you get, when you're like, you get slapped by your mate around the face and it stings and you're like, yeah. I hate you. Well, Benitez doesn't mind because he's probably got. Well, he's, he's, he's been obviously bought out of his contract, isn't exactly, he? Exactly, that's what I was about to say. So, yeah, yeah so. but. So anyway, yeah, the next game that Everton have, you never guess who it's against. It's Villa. Villa, yes, yeah. I did know so that. So yeah. I think that's going to be that's going to be an interesting game. I think it's going to be a cracking. And that's game the football. FA Cup as well. I love the FA Cup. We all love the FA Cup. But anyway, right. I think it's now it's time from the terraces. From the terraces. Right, the next part of the podcast, we're going to look at From the Terraces. From the Terraces. From the Terraces. And as we all know, this season, me and Rick have been going to predominantly non-league football, but we've also been to some EFL games, yep. uh, as well as the Emirates Stadium in the League Cup. 
Carabao Cup. Yes. Um, but last night, very recently, we went to the Beverly, which is the home of the Beavers. Yep. Hampton and Richmond Borough FC versus Braintree Town. Yes. And uh, Clash of the Titans. Yeah, it's, it's a local ground to to us and. What I will say about Hampton and Richmond is they are a fantastic football club. The facilities at that ground are, are, are great. It's it's a really good. It's it's a it's a fun time, isn't it, Rick? It's a good. It's, it's good. good. It's good. I love the fact it's local, so yep. we can go there. It doesn't take us long to get there. Yep. It's nice to watch some football, and uh, they're doing okay in the league. They're doing okay. So you know, it, it's an entertaining ga- uh, games to go to. Anyway, that's for sure. And of course, we have to touch on it as well. The burgers. Right. Okay. Now let me say something. Okay. So, right. We're gonna pass it on to Rick. Right. His this is my this is my domain now. So last time the burger wasn't the burger wasn't very good, right? But I thought to myself this time, no, I'm not gonna have that. It's my local. This is gonna be good. What was in the so, burger, Rick? Right. We got a double burger with cheese plus bacon. Ooh. Yes, and that was a quality burger. It, it looked. Um, in fact, it was um, when when the um, the lady who was serving us when she handed the burger. She, she, it was like she was cradling a small child. Yes. And, 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 you know, and even when Ricky got it, it was like he was sort of handling this... Handled with care. It, it was heavy. It was, it was, it was heavy. It was, den- it was, it was dense. It was, a, it was the kind of burger you'd assume I'd be having. It, it, it was a dense burger. It was dense. But, um, yeah... Um, but it was banging. And do you want to know my rating? Because I know you want to know. Let's hear your burger rating four star. Four star. I'm holding up number four. Four that, star. That, that is a good rating. Four, yeah. four stars. The Redemption out of five. Burger. It's now known as the Redemption Burger. It's the Redemption it Burger. Redem- it was the Redemption. But yeah, from the terraces. So um, um, the Hampton and Richmond ground was. It, it, it's a nice ground to go and visit. Yeah, it's, I love an evening game as well. It's an evening game. Last night was free. I don't know if anyone went. But, and um, freezing. And, and it was freezing cold. But it was good. It was really good. It was a good game. It, the score was 4-2 to Braintree Town, who are languishing at the bottom yeah, of the... Yeah, so, so before the game kicked off, so Hampton and Richmond were in uh, 15th, and a win would have taken them to 12th. Um, and Braintree Town were in the relegation spot, because there's only one relegation spot in the uh, Vanarama National League South. There's only one place that can right. go down. So they were currently in that. They were in that, that, in that spot with 12 points. Um, and then afterwards, they're now out of the relegation zone, surprisingly enough. Now they're 20, if not uh, 21st. And uh, yeah, 4 just, 2 win to Just them. shows you what a win can do. But um, I think looking at the game, if we're, if we're, uh, the first half, Braintree, what? Really, they played really well, didn't they? Yeah. They sort of put a lot of pressure on in the penalty box of, of Hampton and Richmond, and they scored three goals. They were three one up at half time. Yeah, I think it was it was interesting because we were behind the goal in the uh, in the, in the lounge. Oh, yeah, we was in the stand behind we, the goal. We, we kind of accidentally went into the players' lounge, and we were there just in the atmosphere with some quality star players, and we were we were there mm-hmm. doing our business. But my point being that you could see because we were high up, you could see the tactics that they were using for the free kicks and corners yeah. and it wasn't because at the beginning I thought they were just going to the far post for the um, number four uh, centre back uh, yeah. captain yeah. and he scored, a, he scored a quality towering oh, a goal great header yeah. wasn't it yeah. but then I thought oh they're just going to go to the back post again and then they did something jazzy didn't they they did yeah. for the, one of their goals they they, they went to the they, the ball went to the penalty spot floated over it was a headed on and then from that down to ground down to feet and then yeah. slotted it in I, I, I think um, Hampton and Richmond fans if you're listening um it seemed to be a criticism from some some of the fans we spoke to who said that you know they can't defend defend set pieces, and it looked like Braintree Town had done done their homework on that because every ball they played in was a whipping. 
one of those horrible balls for defenders. They you know, were exploiting. The box. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so that, that they got three first half goals from it. And, and the second half, if we're going to look at that, it was really Braintree just protecting yeah. uh, that lead. Hampton played better second half. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where you're like, why didn't you switch on earlier? But yeah. I'm sure that's what the coach I, said. I think Hampton and Richmond... Um, lacked a little bit of killer instinct in the final third of the game, but good victory for Braintree. And, yeah, uh, yeah. But they, you thought I thought it was gonna, it was gonna, they were get, Hampton were gonna get back in it because it was it was three one, then it turned to three two, and then they just slotted away another goal, and it was just game over. But, anyway, our message obviously is uh, go and support your local team. Yeah, definitely go. Get and, down there. Yeah, it's, and it's it, good fun. It's Good food, usually at non-league. Yeah, good fun, so. good food. And uh, I'm a cider boy. And they did even have some ciders. In, on, they had some uh, some ciders. But if you like beer, then they've got them, the local beer and stuff like that. Because they've got the new little little uh, hut in the corner. That's it. They've got a um, new bar in the corner. Yeah, yeah. the little bar in the corner. So I really like non-league football. I like that you can just walk around where you want. Yeah. And, it's just, it, and it was free yesterday. Because I don't know why, but they made the tickets free to... I don't know. But it, it was, was something to do with the previous fixture. Yeah. Uh, I think there was, a, there was a problem. And they decided just to open it up the yeah. gates. And, but even, even when it's not free, you're talking like a maximum of like a tenner. And yeah, I, I think if you look at your, your local football team, they do lots of good offers. Um, that They really try and make the match day experience um, something that's going to be really enjoyable for you know, yourself and friends and family. Um, so from the terraces. Yeah, from the terraces. Another banging from the terraces. Right, welcome to the main feature of the podcast. We are going to be talking to Forward Madison FC, who are all the way from the US of A, aren't they, Rick? They are indeed. It was a great interview. I hope everyone enjoys it. Just a quick thing. Go on. Now, Forward Madison FC, their logo is a flamingo. So what do you think the city's bird is? Well, a flamingo. Wrong. Well, kind of half point. It's actually a plastic flamingo lawn ornament. Random. Wow, that's random. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed the interview, guys. Let's go. Hello, welcome to the Monday Sportive Boardroom. This is a new section for us where we're going to be interviewing people from around the world in the world of football. But this week we have a very, very, very special guest from Forward Madison in the USA. They're a soccer team who play in Wisconsin, and we have with us today. Evan Warwick, who is the Director of Digital Content. Welcome, Evan. Welcome, Emma. How are you? Good, gents. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, how are you doing today? You good? We're doing great. Beautiful, uh, beautiful, cloudy Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, uh, just before we had a little chat with um, Evan, just before he came on, and we are saying, you know, our geography of America is not great, but Wisconsin um, is, we've done a little bit of research, is a very sporty um, part of America. Um, could you tell us a little bit about the history of um, how soccer came to Wisconsin? That is a great question. Absolutely. So soccer came to Wisconsin actually rather recently. Um, you know, we've, we've always been a big American football state um, with the Green Bay Packers being in our state, one of one of the biggest football teams in America. Um, but we've, we've recently discovered quite a network of really highly talented footballers uh, or soccer players, I should say, um, <laughs> in the state of Wisconsin. And um we recently started uh, the first professional soccer team in the state of Wisconsin, uh, Ford Madison. Uh, we've been in existence since uh, the 2018 season, and so it's been it's been quite a blessing for us just to just to see the game kind of grow in our state um, and in in our in our in our local city of Madison. It's been 
what an outpouring of support that we've had from our supporters and and through the kits and everything that we've designed it, we've kind of uh, grown our brand to be a national um, and international um, mainstay in, in the world of kit designs, but also in the world of soccer in general. Um, and so we have a, a really rich history of uh, doing really well at sports in general. And so it's, it's great to kind of break into the soccer space within our state. Yeah, that's great. How, how, how are the fans taken to, because obviously, as you said, it's only 2018 and a right. lot of clubs, I mean, obviously like some England clubs are, have been around like a hundred plus years. Um, right. How are the fans like taking to the whole, it's because it's all so, all so sudden. How are they, how are they taken to the, to the club? Uh, amazingly. Uh, I can't even put it to words how, how just generous this entire community has been in terms of supporting us and supporting our mission. I think a lot of that has to do with these people that are our fans are our soccer fans at heart. They just love the game. You know, like mm -hmm. a lot of them mm -hmm. support the, the premier league clubs. You have a lot of uh, Chelsea, Man City, uh, Arsenal, uh, Liverpool supporters out here um, who are, who are packing the bars every Saturday morning uh, at like our time. It's like six, 7am, you know, Wow, yeah, that's, I do. Yeah, I, yeah, I do know. I, I do see because I'm a Chelsea fan, and, and Alex sure, is a QPR sure. fan. Uh, out of curiosity, have you ever heard of QPR? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Come <laughs> on, um, I was a little. I was trying well, to have a little actually, of, of course, you said of QPR. QPR, the biggest oh, yeah. club in West London. Mm, yeah, interesting. No, no, what do no, you no. uh, mind from high school? Played uh, at Reading. Um, oh really? So, yeah. Yep. And so. Uh, uh, Andrea Novakovic, uh, he was the player of the year in the state of Wisconsin and went on to play for Reading for a couple of years. And so oh, wow. they played PPR back in the day. And uh, it's, I, I'm a huge, uh, huge fan of the English game. Wow. Um, just, just a quick one. Going back, um, when you mentioned about um, the crowds you're getting at um, Ford Madison, it's, it's mm -hmm. fantastic. What, what we've noticed in, in, in the last um, couple of years is we go to non-league football games, so games which where the teams are outside of the football league. Um, I noticed actually through doing a little bit of research um, that you're, you're quite similar to Dulwich Hamlet, who we go and watch. <laughs> they, they, they they play in London, and I noticed that yes. um, Ford Madison and your crew, you've actually been to Dulwich Hamlet, um, which is a team that me and me and Ricky both sort of go and watch, and that they're in non-league football, but. Do you see similarities with Dulwich Hamlet and Forward Madison? That's a great question. We love Dulwich. Uh, we so the 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 point that you're alluding to is we we were in London for a kit launch this past year, and uh, we've always had a, a really good Twitter banter going on with the uh, Dulwich account um, and our account because a lot of people, like you were saying, see a lot of similarities between the two of us. I mean, we're both yeah. pink and blue. Um, we both kind of play the same style of football, and it's just. Uh, the brands are also the same, like similarly, like kind of punchy on Twitter and, and kind of eccentric. And so when we were in London, we made a point to stop over at the stadium, kind of see the grounds um, and just interact with their front office and the people involved in that club. And my God, that was the highlight of the trip. Uh, it was just a blessing to, to, to be able to interact with those people. And, and I mean, non-league football is just as exciting as Prem in my, in my opinion. I mean, being able to actually know the players and see them and, and see what they can do on the pitch. It's just, it was one of the coolest experiences I've had uh, in terms of soccer. And uh, the, the quality for non-league football in the UK is, is so high that in America, it, it compares to like probably our second uh, tier, you know? 
Wow, yeah, because because me and Alex, we're big fans of of non-league football. Because I said mm-hmm. I'm I'm a Chelsea fan, but then I also I keep my eye on them. Um, I don't know if you've heard of AFC Wimbledon in uh, League yep. One at the yeah. moment. They're, I love their story because they're like a classic underdog story. But with with Dulwich, we really took a fancy to them quite by surprise actually, because the stadium was I thought the stadium. I love how like quaint the stadium is and all little stuff like that. And did mm-hmm. you manage to like watch a game when you were there, or was it just meeting everyone, meeting Greek kind of stuff? So we unfortunately didn't watch an official game, but we were there during a exhibition for their women's side. And so we were able to see their women's side take on, um, I think it was Charlton's uh, uh, women's side and just a friendly. Um, We weren't able because the, the pit, the kit launch was on the same day and time as their men's uh, league match. And so we were able to make it out to an actual match, but I mean, to be able to see the, the grounds and where they, how they do their game day experience, it's, it's nuts. I mean, they have such an opportunity there and the atmosphere i can only imagine is unparalleled i mean i mean that that that, that's going back to that point evan is that the um the dulwich hamlet support is just fantastic and we're on 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 a match day and we were just so surprised it was like a nice family atmosphere great food we we do something called a burger challenge and we we buy the burgers and we do like rate it out of five stars and and and, and even the even down to the food the burgers were just absolutely amazing and um mm-hmm. and, and it was just it's just it's got a real good feel to it and looking at your sort of social media accounts and dulwich that you, it does have that similar vibe to it doesn't it it does and, and we we kind of framed our social media and and really all of our marketing in a certain way because i mean we're a third tier american soccer team you know and so why should anyone really care about us? And it's it's because we we have that Dulwich feel. You know, we we cater to our community, we listen and hear our community, and kind of adapt our club based on our fans. You know, yeah. and I think and I think it deserves more recognition than just Madison, Wisconsin. You know, I think yeah. I think a lot of American soccer teams like it's it's on the up and up in terms of the quality of the game, but also just what we're doing in our local communities to better it. You know. And so uh, I think Dulwich is the same way, you know, within their community. Cool. And so it's great to be so, recognized in the same level as them. Wow, that's excellent. So Evan, just on, on just whilst we're on the note, obviously we do the burger challenge. Mm-hmm. What, what what sort of food do you dish up for the fans of Ford Madison on match day? That's a great, that's a great question. Um, we were big into the burgers and the hot dogs, obviously, but we're in Madison, Wisconsin, oh, known for uh, cheese curds. And so cheese curds, it's fried cheese. Uh, right. Okay. Like a, I'm interested. Uh, yep. Yep. And so they, they, they cut fresh cheese into little, little balls wow. and then they bread the balls and then they deep fry them. And so it's... you bite into it and it's ooey gooey cheese. So, so have you got the recipe recipe in the post to us then, Evan? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 You know, we'll, we'll send you some. Yeah, it's, the, it's, the, it's the food I never knew I wanted. That's, <laughs> that's what it is. Cause it's disgustingly it... good. Yeah, that sounds amazing. That does sound pretty, yeah. pretty good, it? Do you ever have pictures on your Twitter? Because we're going to have to relook at your Twitter and see if there's anything we'll, on there. Cause... We'll put some up. Yeah, definitely. But it's actually, we're, we're going to be doing a European night um, this year. And so we're going to be, uh, our, our chef is uh, European himself. And so he's going to be making some meat pies uh, for it's everyone. At the meat back. pies. <laughs> That's what you want. Yes. Oh, the other day we went to a non-league game in, um, I don't know if you, I, I doubt you have this in America, but. Um, we went to watch Hampton and Richmond Borough play, which is local to where we live. Yes, and um, that they they serve something called bovril. Have you heard, ever heard of bovril before? I have not. Please enlighten <laughs> me. So, so, so bovril is is a is a hot drink, and it's essentially just meat juice. 
It's, it's, base, it's basically like a, it's basically a thin gravy. It's, um, it's, it's, it's a very thin, dissatisfactory gravy, but it, it, it's become. It's just. It, I think it's been around since the war. It's a staple, isn't it? And, 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 and it's just one of those things that if, if you're sort of English and watching you know, a game of football, you sort of you yeah, can't help but have one. Yeah, I mean, on yeah. a cold night, that sounds delicious. It was. It's. 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 It's an experience, to put it uh, mildly. I think it, it, it gets quite sedimentary at the, when it gets to the bottom. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, anyway. Yeah. 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 Anyway, well, the, the burgers and sound amazing at uh, Ford Madison. Maybe uh, yes. one day we'll get over for a game and uh, sample them. That'd be the dream. Yeah. So um, the, the main uh, purpose of the chat today, or the, uh, the main reason why we sort of took note of Ford Madison and for people listening, you have to Google and check them out, is the Ford Madison kits, football strips, mm. because they are just sensational. They are full of colour, full of design and patterns. They are they're, they're pretty glorious, aren't they, Evan? They are the quite glorious football kits. Could you give us a little bit of a background as to why, how, and is it going to stick? Absolutely, yeah. I think I think this goes back to what we've been talking about, and just in terms of how Ford Madison kind of differentiates ourselves from the rest of the clubs in the U.S. and really the world. It's it's we saw an opportunity in designing a just unique and, and, and wild football kit um, to be able to, you know, put us, put ourselves on the global map of, Hey, we are a football club and you should pay attention to us kind of yeah. thing. And so we did that. I think, I think we struck gold um, with the, with the drip kit. And, and that's, that really put us on the map and put us uh, in terms of like uh, football kit recognition and got a, a lot of people talking And the drip kit was designed by our in-house designer, Kathy, uh, Cassie Subneski at the time, um, Cassie's moved on to even bigger and better things from the club. She's now doing um, designing for some of the biggest soccer organizations throughout um, the world and, and really just sports wow. in general. Um, but she really designed it on the premise of she kind of looked at, you know, soccer just dropped, what, three years ago. And so soccer kits were starting to get more eccentric and starting to get more out of the box. But she's like, there's definitely opportunity to kind of break the mold especially considering we were, we were partnered or we still are partnered with Hummel and Hummel has been an incredible Jersey supplier in the sense that they kind of let us do whatever they want. Uh, and Amazing. We're yeah. Some, yeah. We're some teams that are like, um, you know, stuck on the templated kits, like with Nike and Adidas and yeah. whatnot. Um, yeah. Hummel was just like, Hey, here's a, here's a Blake canvas, go design whatever you want. And Cassie kind of looked, yeah. And she, and she did this like whole, project where she kind of filled up a bathtub and did a bunch of designs with paint and everything like that mm. wow looking insane on a kit and that yeah, turned out nice. to be good. it's nice that you've got the freedom because like with the older clubs like the the english league and stuff you've got your staple colors and they stick mm -hmm. to them and they do small variations i mean the chelsea kit I don't, the chelsea kit this season is obviously a little bit more i want to say sexy than you know the, the staple just do random your standard blue but like right. the marble effects and stuff that you had with that kit and all the different ones. And I, I read somewhere that you had a kit that was reversible as well. And then at half time <laughs> yeah. you changed, you changed it over. And that was the first time it's been recorded that that's been ever done in a, in a game. That's crazy. It is. Yeah. So that was our beach club kit. So one side was all pink with one side was all black with little flamingos on it. So it was just, wow. it, uh, it, it's these kind of unique uh, jerseys that kind of give us validation and, and uh, get the eyes of the world, small town club, you know. Um, yeah, I think. I, I, oh, go sorry, ahead. I think I think it is doing it. I think I think it's doing it because obviously mm -hmm. it's brought our attention to it because it was in a magazine that uh, that Alex was reading, and 
I think, you know, England football, we love like the underdog story. We love small clubs. We love it when the, when the, the, the people get behind a club like yours seem to be doing and like these smaller clubs that we go to visit. So I think it's just a great story, to be honest. I'm loving it. Well, qu- quickly going back to that before we move on is um, the magazine. I-, I think you might know Ian at Kit Mag. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, yep. so I, I, I recently read um, uh, the article in in I, I, in the last magazine he had you sure, guys sure. highlighted. I think it was Tom Tom Slater did the, a great article on how your kits were produced. So I, I, I read that, and it's just um, that that particular magazine is, is has been a, a good bit of um, promotion for you, hasn't it? Absolutely. Tom and Ian are absolutely brilliant, and Kit Mag in general. I mean it's so cool to see uh, our brand growing, especially in the UK, you know, uh, especially since, you know, Kit may kind of glammed on and uh, we've had a great partnership with classic football shirts with, with which we launched the uh, friends with benefits kit this past year. It's just really great to see um, people from the UK responding so positive to so positively to, to our brand and, and our brand of soccer. It's just uh, it opens our eyes to that we're our fans are global. You know, we yeah. have people from all over the world supporting our club. And even if they can't make it out to a match, they still love what, what we're doing. And and there's nothing more that you can hope for um, from a club's perspective in terms of a fan base. I mean, to, to establish ourselves as a global fan base, that that's insane. Yeah, no, it is amazing. In fact, this year's kit, is it the um, special edition um, kit? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I absolutely, I absolutely love that. It's, it's got like the ticker tape, the purple and pink ticker tape on it. It does, yeah. And is that the one with the barcode? And is it that, does, yeah. Is that it still has going? Is that still a thing? It is. And so it, it, this this Friends with Benefits kit has a uh, QR code in the bottom right hand corner, and if you scan it, um, you can actually buy a beer for someone at a Ford Madison match. And so the it's kind of a uh, like pay it forward type um, deal. Got actually a ton of people from the UK purchase the kit through classic football shirts. And then as like, if we're playing a game on a Saturday, we'll have 20, 30, 40 people donate beers uh, from the UK to our fans in the U S amazing. So how, how, many be- how many beers have you got on your tab then Evan? Oh my God. I I've had, I've had two purchased for me in particular, um, oh, wow. which were great. Uh, but we're, we're more focused on, on getting our fans, the beers, which is even better. And I think right now what we're working on is getting a kind of pay it back type system for, uh, fans at our games to give free beers to people in the UK. Oh, we wow. love, we definitely love that, yeah. <laughs> Especially if it's at Dulwich Hamlet. But yeah. um, the idea, how did that idea come about, the QR code thing? Uh, you know, because it's such a random, but, you know, pleasantly surprising, fun thing to do. How did that come about? Absolutely. So that was the brainchild of actually uh, one of our players uh, uh, at the time, and his name is Connor Tobin. He was the team captain and kind of this this polarizing figure within the Ford Madison uh, community. He's been like a day one type guy from the club. Yeah. And uh, he had this idea, along with our designer Cassidy, to kind of create this this kit that gave back, you know, mm-hmm. and a, a kit that kind of I mean, we were in the global pandemic at the time, you know, and so a lot of a lot of these fan bases and, and fans of the game worldwide weren't able to support their team in the traditional sense. And sure. so in this return to football, so to speak, um, we wanted to create a kit that kind of embodied that spirit of coming back to the stadium and being able to see friends that you haven't seen in so long and connect with the beautiful game again. And so um, that was the premise of the kit. And I think it, it really worked to uh, the extent that we wanted it to. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic thing to do for the fans as well. Isn't it? And obviously it seems that, Ford Madison that's what you have at heart you have your fans at heart and that's that's why you become so popular and of course 
like like we mentioned earlier, the fantastic kits. So moving forward with Ford Madison for the new season, I, I, quote me if I'm wrong here, but the new season starts in February. Is that is that right? So preseason starts in February. Our, our yeah. first match is actually the first weekend in April. And so our right. season runs uh, April to October and then playoffs thereafter. Okay, and um, I, I've done a, I've done a little bit of looking on social media, and I can see it's going to be quite an exciting season. I can see you've signed uh, the forward Abdu Tiam. Is that how you pronounce yes. it? The Senegalese yep. forward, and yep. also um, a defensive midfielder Andrew Wheeler Omienu. Is that how you pronounce yes. it? Yes. Yeah. And so yeah, we're in for quite an exciting season. We've had a couple of really big signings, and actually a couple just massive signings to announce uh, over the next couple of weeks. And so if you thought those two were big, just wait. Um, nice. so Watch this space. Yeah, we'll be keeping yeah, it. It's been, it's just been, and I, I think uh, we're really focused on um, really winning this year. I mean, we've, we've done a great job with, you know, the, the, the kits and with everything. Um, our on-field performance is what we're really focused on this year and bringing a championship level Madison, you know, and so we're making splashes in the transfer market way beyond our league. And I think that mm -hmm. reflects uh, in just in terms of what our goals are for this year is to bring a title. Um, yeah. And if so, that's that's goal number one. And goal number two is uh, we have a couple of really, really fun kits planned for the year. Um, Amazing. Stuff you, yeah, stuff that it kind of breaks out of the norm again. And it, it has that drip kit type feel. So uh and if, uh, that's really, that, if that's you really saying that, if that's you saying that, that's going to be something yeah. like seeing your kids. Um, so explain something to me as, as a simpleton. So I know mm -hmm. that sometimes like American soccer clubs, they do like trading and stuff like that. So yeah. you, you can do, can you do trading and then you can do obviously normal like purchases like you, we do in like Europe when you just, you know, you just buy a player or loan a player. But Correct. what's the, can you just give me a very brief of like a simpleton's kind of version of like what the trading system's like? Because that seems like quite a big deal in America. Is, is it like that? Absolutely. Yeah. So I think to understand the trading system, we kind of have to look at the American soccer tier system to begin with. Right. So like the, 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 I guess the, the, um, your, your premier league of the, uh, America is, uh, the MLS, so major league yeah. soccer behind MLS is USL championship, United soccer league championship. And then there's USL league one, which is what we're in. So technically yeah. the third tier of American soccer. So right now there's no promotion relegation system. Uh, in place it, for American soccer. So mm -hmm. that kind of affects how we do trading for players, right? right? And so what you'll see is a lot of, for our league, right, is a lot of it is done on one-year contracts. And so you'll sign a guy to a one-year contract. He plays for you for one year. You kind of evaluate him in terms of if he's going to work for your club or not. Ah. If for your club, you kind of sign him for a multi-year deal. If, he's, oh, yeah. if he doesn't really fit for your club, then you kind of leave him up to the transfer portal. You know, that's, that's pretty and cool so way to do it. Yeah, yeah. It's a very interesting system. And also I think it reflects on the league is we're trying to shift as a league to more of a developmental league where it's more just like trying to sign guys that are, you know, either at the beginning of their career or to really trying to make a name for themselves sure. oh, yeah. for themselves in our league. And we kind of move them up, you know? And so you've seen that with like, uh, there's a USL championship club, uh, Louisville city that just had a guy, Jonathan Gomez sign with a La Liga team. And he was the first really big signing from our kind of ecosystem to go kind of abroad in that. Wow. Uh, sense. And so it's just, I think American soccer and everyone's been saying this for the last, I don't know, 20, 30 years is like, Oh, it's on the up and up, you know, but truthfully, yeah. like in the last two, three years, you've seen just an explosion 
um, on the global scene of American it has, Yeah, I mean, to, to be fair, I mean, I, my first um, memory, and you, I'm not sure you'll remember this, but I remember sitting up and watching USA 94 World Cup when I oh, was sure. about 10 yeah. years old. And, and you know, that, that was my first taste of, like, what was then properly considered to be American soccer. You know, it was like hot dogs, American yep. flag. And obviously, you know, pushing on... 20 years maybe longer now we've it's moved so far away from that and we you know we're, we're seeing american players playing all over europe in the professional leagues you've got pulisic at chelsea mm-hmm. um you've got a, a few playing in i think in the bundesliga as well and, right. and, yeah and, and and it's just it's amazing to see that it's it's taken you know quite a long time but it's amazing now to see that america is going to you know seriously be considered to be a potentially challenging for the world cup maybe i think the talent level is there but i also think like more importantly than that is the fan base of soccer in general is exploding in america as well i mean you have like all of the major cities in america and and beyond you know they have uh, just ever-growing populations of american citizens who are just fans of the game that you see are becoming fans of their local teams, but also, you know, UK teams and, and your big Premier League teams and stuff like that. So it's just, it's, it's great to see the game in its entirety is growing in the United States, both on a playing side, but also on a fan base side as well. Yeah, yeah that's great. I, I, love, I love the passion. Like when uh, the Formula One was there in, uh, I think it was Texas mm-hmm. last mm-hmm. year. And it's just so, compared to like Europe, it's so over the top, but in a good way. And I, well, I think it was like Shaq turned up in like a massive stretch convertible limo and it and it's like yeah. it's, it's just completely different because we're all quite reserved here and then and right. in America everything's just explosions and and I love that and that being like you know put into like uh football or soccer or whatever I, I just think that's 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 really good I, I love that yeah we were shocked we went to a uh when we were abroad for the kit release uh we went to a tottenham watford match uh yeah uh, and we were just we were we got so excited for the match and everything and don't get me wrong it was incredible right but like i think we built it up in our heads to be more <laughs> Americanized yeah. than it was, you know because we we're like where's the pregame parties at and stuff like that <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah yeah you know yeah. i mean everyone's at the pub right but like it's very different right yeah, you and, see the mascot walking around just casually right. and that's about it really Exactly. I mean, and it, it was just great to see everyone really like you go into the stadium and you just feel that everyone around you knows so much about the game and cares so much about the game, you know? Well, and I think that that's where the differentiation comes in with America is like, we're not quite there yet. You know, yeah. we're, we're close, but we're not quite there in terms of everyone coming out to the match and being like, I am here to watch the match and see my team win, you know? Yeah. And I care so deeply about this that I want to see them win. Um, and I, I totally got that from the UK side, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's well, that, and that's the thing. I mean, you, I mean, if you had that experience at the brand new Tottenham Stadium, you, you'll have to come to a Queen's Park Rangers game. Because, uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's the um, it, it's the depths of Shepherd's Bush. You get a sure. nice you get a nice warm beer in a plastic bottle and a, and a cold overpriced pie. So uh, that's that's the pre-match entertainment. He sold it yes. to you. I have to, I have to make it out to a QPR match. And actually, I'm not a Tottenham supporter myself. I support Southampton. Oh, nice. I have to make it out to Southampton uh, and QPR. That's my next trip. There we go. Yeah, we go. I went to uni at Southampton, so I went to a few games. It's it's a really good stadium, really nice and big, and a good atmosphere there. So you won't be disappointed, I'm sure. Love it, love it. So quickly, I've got a, I've got a few a few small questions for you. That I'm just curious about if you don't mind. Yeah. So what uh, is, do your clubs have any? Does your club have any like? Do you have any 
are there any songs that your club do that are your favourite right now? Like any random songs that they've made up, or are they kind of copying the Europe songs or the European songs at the moment? Do you know? Yeah, so we actually take a lot of influence of the European songs, um, and so I would say my favorite of the of the of the chants that we have right now is a Vamos Flamingos chant. We have oh, a very, uh, yeah, we have a very uh, affluent um, uh, Hispanic population in Madison that is some of our best supporters, oh, and my- so uh, we we go Vamos Vamos Flamingos, um, and so it's it's a, just a great chant that really gets the crowd going. That's it. Well, listen, um, Evan, you've got two new supporters of Ford Madison in in London now. So we're we're, we're cheering you on for the new season. I I think we're going to call ourselves official Mingos, is it? Yes, yes, that, that, yes, 100%. Yeah. And um, and obviously, if if you guys are ever across in London, uh, give us a shout and uh, we'll go along to a, a football game. Cheers, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. Thank you no, so much for coming, Evan. Frank, thanks for talking to us, Evan, and all the best for, for next season. Thanks, lads. Have a good one. Right, that's it. And now we're at the end of episode nine of Monday Sportif. It was a cracker. It was great fun. Episode nine has come to a close, but that was just amazing to have such good uh, guests on this week, wasn't it? Yeah, we had we had a good guest. We had good content. I, th- I really enjoyed this episode. That no, was good fun. Um, people who have listened and you've got this far, um, please, if you can subscribe to the podcast, it would help us and like the podcast. Um, also, you can follow us on Twitter. Yes. At Monday Sportif LDN. And also on Instagram as well. That's correct. Yeah. Right. Take care and I'll see you on the next step. See you in the next episode. Follow us on Twitter at at Monday Sportif LDN.